I was croaking yesterday, but I don't want to croak today in a bad sense, but to bring life. So bear with me. We will get there. And um, Sarah's going to read the scriptures for us. Uh, just short, two short portions okay. of scripture. So the first one is from Matthew <clears throat> chapter 8, verse 23. We're going from verse 23 to, sorry, yeah, 23 to 27. Very, re very relevant topic today. So Jonathan's title is Using Our Faith in the Storm. Well, we've had enough of them lately, haven't we? <laughs> the ones previous and the ones still coming. So the wind and waves obey Jesus. Now when he got into a boat, as Jesus, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be, that even the winds and the sea obey him? And then we're going to turn to Luke, Luke chapter 8, verses 22 25, where we see the story told again through different eyes. Now it happened on a certain day that he, Jesus, got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep and a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and water, and they obey him. Yeah, just, just um, pray for us, darling. So Lord Jesus, we just thank you that we, that we are here this morning. We thank you, Lord, that despite the storm, we had a good crossing yesterday. But Lord Jesus, I just want to pray now as Jonathan shares your word, that you'll restore his voice completely and anoint him, Lord Jesus, that we might be able to receive what he has to share with us this morning. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Yes, amen. It's, um, thank you, Sandra. Just great to be here. And I did prepare this message a while ago. And it's interesting that what was prepared a while ago suddenly becomes very relevant in the light of Dennis the Menace. Um, so that, that storm is a physical storm, of course, <clears throat> and creates damage. But in our lives, there are storms. You know, Christian life is not like we kind of um, just have blue skies all the time. There are times when you feel it's nice, there's a blue sky, few clouds, then all of a sudden something happens. Now, in Disney Christian world, Christians sing and praise all the time. They drift into heaven in an even path, 
and everything in the garden is nice. But how many of you can subscribe? That's your experience. There are things that happen, <clears throat> and what happens in the storm is key. And Jesus challenges us here and says, he doesn't say, when he says, where is your faith? He's not saying you've got no faith. What he's saying is this, what do you do with the faith that you've got? Because all of us, I think, I would say nearly perhaps everyone this morning has a faith because by grace are you saved through faith and that's the gift of God. So you've got a gift, and I'll use this. You've got some faith. Now, um, there are measures of faith. There's saving faith, and there's a little bit of faith, and there is great faith. And one guy called Stephen was full of faith. But in the crisis, then we're tested. Now the disciples, <coughs> in their crisis, they were crossing over. And Jesus said to them, I mean, they were having a great time. They were having miracles. They were the crowd. And Jesus said, guys, come on, let's cross over from here to there. Who knows that if you're going to cross over, if you're going to make progress, then you don't have it easy all the way. The church here, in making progress, in transitioning, it's all been smooth, hasn't it? No, it's not, is it? <laughs> the storm can come. Physical storms, spiritual storms. The measure is not that we sometimes feel scared. We can feel scared. Not we sometimes feel, this is a bit dark. Uh, but what we do when that happens. How do you rise up using your faith when that happens? As an individual, as a collective. And Jesus is there. He says, let's cross over. I want to say, he said it. Sometimes when you're in the middle of crossing over, and it started with blue skies, <clears throat> Excuse me, I do excuse me, I know I'm, I'm croaking a bit, but I feel the burden of the Lord despite of that, yeah? When you're crossing over, then the sky gets dark, the waves start to go, and remember, these guys were fishermen. They'd been in storms before. They knew what it was, they knew what to do, but this storm was different. The word for storm here is seismos, seismology, earthquake. So something happened that shook them, really shook them. There was a tempest, the wind got up beyond the normal, the waves smashed the boat, and they really got very frightened. They thought they were going to lose it. They thought they were going. They thought they were going to drown. And Jesus, when, when, when this happens... We go back and say, I bet they were thinking, Jesus, you did say cross over. Jesus, you did say make progress. What, what on earth is this? 
when your storm hits and you're doing something that God said, just remind Jesus that he told you to cross over. He told you to do it. And if God tells you something, <clears throat> excuse me, and you do it, when the storm comes, the devil will lie and say, God didn't tell you that. Go back, retract. I want to say to you as a church, because there's a storm, don't go back, don't get discouraged, don't retract, go on. Go forwards, press forwards, go on. Because Jesus is still in your boat. Hallelujah. He's never going to leave your boat. He's still there. I know you know this. He says, <clears throat> I will never leave you or forsake you. No, if you look in the Amplified, I will not, no, I cannot, I will not ever forsake you. He'll be with you in your storm. He'll be with you in your boat. He cannot fail. He will lift you up. He will never desert you. Hallelujah. Everything in your life, every heartache, everything that seemed bewildering, difficult, problematic, and there's stuff I don't understand, but Jesus Christ, the wonderful Savior, is in your boat and he's never going to leave you. Mind you, if you're like me, you'll say, Jonathan, well, I don't say, I said, I said to Jonathan, Jonathan, yes, but you'll say, I've read that scripture and I know this, but like our friend leading the worship said, there's a big difference between this and this, and also this, how I walk, and this, yes? Big difference. I'm crossing over, storm hits, I kind of saw this in the worship, that, that do I then freeze, say, I'm packing it in, I'm going back? I'll tell you this, I'm walking right through. Amen. I'm crossing right through and going on to the other side because Jesus is there in my boat. And mind you, what was Jesus doing when the disciples were doing their Corporal Jones? Not Corporal Jones' favorite word, but don't you? Don't panic. They were panicking. They were, they, I understand. They thought, Jesus, we're dying and we're drowning. <clears throat> Excuse me. And what um, was Jesus doing? That's Jesus, isn't it? He's asleep. I mean, how would you feel if Jesus was asleep? Oh, bless him. He's all at peace. He, he's serene. I might have said, Jesus, come on, Jesus, wake up, because we're actually dying. Have you ever felt that in that moment, hey, Jesus, I prayed, I cried, I've even cried tears, I've even shouted at you in secret. But as far as I can see, come on, you're still asleep. But he knew all the time. He knew all the time. When you went through <clears throat> that storm in your life, and I say storm, maybe it's sickness. Maybe it's relational breakup. Maybe it's loss, someone you love. Maybe it's crisis in your business. Maybe it's relationships in your business. Staff is difficult. I want to really encourage you, church, and as person where you are, Jesus Christ 
the Son of God is not only in your boat, he's aware in your boat. And he loves you, and right in heaven, you know what he's, he's praying for right now? He's praying for level 10. You might say, how can he do that? How can Jesus pray for level 10 and all around the world, multitudes of churches and Christians, he's praying for them all. He knows all their conditions. In fact, he knows how many hairs are on your head and on my head. He can do addition and subtraction. <laughs> Wait, that one out, okay. <laughs> all right. He knows, he knows. And he knows all about this church. He is never going to fail you. But that doesn't mean we don't get scared. That does not mean we don't feel intimidated. That does not mean <clears throat> as this wind starts to come, this whirlwind, it says in some versions, a whirlwind, a hurricane, um, their own version of Dennis, but this was a demonic Dennis, right? There are some times when God will allow the enemy more rope and he wants to take people out. Yet he does, not in only in the obvious sense, but also in the sense to make you unavailable, disillusioned for ministry, discouraged, drifting from fellowship. He wants to take you out. But I tell you this, when I know that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is in my boat, and when I know he arises in my boat, then I will not be disillusioned, I will not be discouraged, I'll not be taken out, I'll press through and press on, and I'll know his power. Can you say amen? amen? I'm sorry I'm croaking that out, but, oh, I believe it. You see, Jesus, I don't know, bless them, they dug him in the ribs, but when Jesus was asleep, I'm not going to do the sleeping bit totally, but all of a sudden he arises in the boat and then the disciples say, wow, it's okay, Jesus is arisen. He's arisen in our boats. I want to say for level 10, in all your working out of the future, in your own life, and your family, Jesus Christ, the Lord of all, the mighty creator, has arisen in your boat. Amen. What does it say? What a miracle this is. It's a hurricane. It's a whirlwind. It's raging. The disciples are terrified. They're about to give up. They're discouraged. But what a word is this, because when it seems all lost, I tell you this, it's just started. Because Christ arises, he speaks the word of authority and the word of power, and it's interesting what he actually says. It's like he talks to, you know, it's like you would have a, a boisterous dog that kind of jumps up and jumps up and jumps up. He says, peace, peace, come on, get out, get out. What happens is this, the hurricane and the waves and the storm, shoo. wow, what a savior, what a king, what a lord. That same Jesus that was on the Emmaus road that we pray, reveal yourself to us, has arisen in you. He's alive in you. Whatever is happening in your life that you don't understand, 
whatever darkness there is, Christ, the Son of God, arises, and when he speaks, when his word comes of authority and power, then the waves are still, and there's supernatural peace. Wow. Is there peace in your boat this morning? I know and I sense in my spirit, <clears throat> excuse me, there are people here that have felt discouraged. Our brother felt it too, I think, a bit in the worship. There are people here that have felt like giving up. There are people here that are bewildered at what's happened in their life. And you're a Christian. I'm not saying you're a poor Christian. Understand me. I know you love Jesus. You just thought maybe Jesus was snoozing in your boat for a bit. But I tell you this. He's awake and alive to your need this morning. He knows you. He loves you. And his word of authority, his word of power, his word that there is peace comes straight to your heart this morning to say, I'm there, I understand. I'm the one who made the waves and I still the waves. Hallelujah. And you know we cooperate with this. I, I, this is a mystery in one sense. You can come in fearful you can go out believing. You can come in discouraged. You can go out encouraged. Hallelujah. Encouraged. A new heart, a sense of not just here, not just reciting text, but something quickened. Even in my well, rather croaky state this morning, um, you received life because Christ is talking to you. And this is the aim. And I believe what's happening, he's talking to you. He's saying in your situation, don't despair because I bring hope. Don't just look at what, how the waves have been and the shaking because the boat must have been shaken. And you know we can be shaken. We can be shaken so much we start to wonder what life's about. We start to wonder whether we should be engaged with church at all. Speaking honestly. But when Christ comes to us, and confirms us, and we see him in the boat. We don't just look at each other's frightened faces. We look at Jesus Christ, the Son of God, in his majesty and his power and his authority. Something happens inside of us. Hallelujah. And I believe that as we worship him this morning, what it says in Matthew 8, verse 26, there came not just a calm, Look at the verse in your Bible if you've got it open, however you've got the, your Bible open. Matthew 8, 26. What kind of calm should there be in the church? I don't mean the calm of lethargy. I don't mean the calm of indifference. I mean the calm of abiding supernatural peace. When Jesus reigns in lives and hearts, when Jesus reigns in the atmosphere, when he reigns in what we do, when... when when he's just here and we believe him and trust him and his power and presence is here, what kind of calm is there? Somebody shout it out. Shout it out when you've got it. Matthew 8, 26, what kind of calm? A bit louder, guys. What kind of calm? What kind of calm? A peace. It's a great calm. Wow. Hurricane stops. Whirlwind stops. The waves go, whoosh. that's Jesus, isn't it? Does he do that today? Oh, he does. Never mind Storm Dennis. 
here's supernatural peace, Jesus. And in my life, I'm not saying to you, I've got, I'm a Mr. Fix-It. If I wave a wand, then your immediate kind of answer comes and you get your wish list done. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is this, your response in the storm is key. The response of the church is key. There are dear Christians, they're fine when it's all sunny. They're fine with the church when it's all sunny. But when it's a bit dark, you know, there's a bit of a shaking of the boat, can lose it. I tell you this, Christ is still in your boat. He's still in this boat. And he's going to do something amazing because we're crossing over to the other side. Crossing over, making progress, going through the storm with a sense of authority and power and the presence of God and getting victory and believing and encourage each other and pressing forwards. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whoa. Amen. Amen, amen. And I'm just going to, here, Sarah's going to just tell a personal story of how in God helped us in the storm. I'm going to come back then and just bring this to a, a hope and appropriate sense of conclusion. Yeah. We on? Yeah. So as we were talking together and, and sharing about this, this word yesterday, we were talking about different aspects of faith and how God had helped us in so many different circumstances over the years. <laughs> And I'm thinking, well, then how do we use our faith? You know, we can only use faith when we need to use it. We don't, it's not one of those gifts that, yeah, I've got faith there. It's over there and we never use it. We, we have to cultivate our faith. We cultivate our faith by mm. reading God's word, hearing God's word expounded to us, meeting together with other Christians, sharing with each other. But then we're in that place or when we're in that place when we need to use our faith, then it's there for us. In this case, in this story, Jesus had invited the disciples to go with him into the boat. And when the storm arose, even though Jesus was there, they hadn't realized the power that he was bringing. They'd already spent some time with Jesus. They'd had some teaching from Jesus. They'd seen him do some miracles, but somehow... There wasn't enough faith in their lives for them to realize that they could take that faith and use it in this circumstances. In, in this circumstance, they still needed to wake Jesus up and ask him to do the work. Jesus has empowered us. Isn't that great? He's empowered mm. us in so many ways. When we, were, when we first felt called to move to the Isle of Wight, which is 31 years ago now, um, we'd got our house sold, we were all ready to move, we had a moving date, a house to go to. Two days before we moved, I don't know if you remember this Vic, but two days before we moved, the house we were moving to fell through. What do you do? What do you do in that situation? Knowing that God has called you, we could have just sat back and said, oh well, that's it, we've got it wrong, we won't go, you know, that, that's not for us. But we knew God had called us. And our house was sold. So we went anyway. <laughs> we said to each other, we'll have to get a caravan or something. We'll do right. something else. Well, as it turned out, there was a couple in the church we were going to. had a guest house. And they said, come and stay with us for um, as long as it takes you to get another house. So 
us with our three children and cat, who later had to go into Cattery for a short while. But we did that. And then we got to the place where we had another house lined up. And you know how solicitors can be and how long and drawn out things are sometimes. And we just needed to make that move. And it didn't seem as though it was going to happen. So we spoke with that voice of authority to the solicitors. And we said, if you don't complete on this day, we're not going to be moving to this house. And they were like, you can't do that. And we said, watch us. And you know, the solicitors moved and we moved <laughs> and, and God had his way. And there have been times over the years when we've seen people come and go from our fellowship and there have been times when we really felt we need to fight for certain people because it was God's will for them to be in the church with us where we were. And so we've prayed and fasted and fought and really taken that authority in Jesus' name. There, there have been times when things have been really difficult. We've had illness to cope with. Um, we've had different financial struggles, but we've really reached out and asked God to undertake, and we've used that authority mm. and bound those principalities and powers that would have prevented us from moving forward in his name. And just in the last couple of years, we've had a very difficult situation where we've needed to change church. And you know, it, it hasn't been what we wanted, but sometimes God asks us to do things that we don't always want to do. And then we have, we have to move with that. And we have to say, okay, God, you know the bigger picture. It's not really what I want to do, but if this is what you want to do, then mm. we'll go with it, Lord, and we'll go along. And so in, in our different storms that we've named over the years, mm. illness, frustration, finances, God has really met us and helped us. With the um, disciples, they were in the boat and you know, when you have a situation arise, arise sometimes, you're either in that flight or that fright mode. Well, they couldn't go anywhere because they were in the boat, but really they just froze, didn't they? And it was like, Jesus, help. And you know, it's okay to call out Jesus, help, but he, he gives us that power mm. and we go with it. Um, in 1 Peter 5, verse 8, it says... The devil walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And you know, if you think about a lion, when they're going to catch their prey, what are they looking out for? They're looking for the weakest one, the one who's isolated themselves, the one who hasn't got a covering, the one who's on their own. And so it's really, really important that we make sure we maintain fellowship. We're in the house of God. We're with our Christian friends. And that will strengthen and encourage our faith. Amen, amen. Now, thank you. Wow. Sarah's good, isn't she? Praise the Lord. And my encouragement, I believe from God this morning, is when the storm has hit, press through trust Jesus he's right in your boat and get to the other side because you see interesting when you find when you read your Bible when they got to the other side the plan was Jesus was going to de deliver a man 
who was totally in darkness. And I believe this, is that God is taking this church through the storm with you together in a big boat, kind of, kind of used to boats now with being on the Isle of Wight and sort of things like that, to take you through. You know, a while ago, a group of people got stranded on an Isle of Wight ferry. <laughs> they had to spend the night. But um, they got refreshments. They got refreshments and they got to the other side. You know, sometimes we may be stalled a bit, but God provides divine refreshments. We get to the other side to minister deliverance and freedom and smash chains to people in need. And that's what God is doing here, I believe. And as Sandra shared, that, that <clears throat> it's not strange that we should go through storms. But here's the lovely thing. As believers involved, and I don't just mean attendance. Attendance is the beginning, but involvement in fellowship means that when a storm hits, one, there's a community of love and support and care which surrounds with prayer, with encouragement, and gets people through. Hallelujah. And that sense is in the New Testament. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And when the Christian family operates in this way, the storm comes. Do you know what storms do? They are used by God and permitted to strengthen the ties of fellowship and the church emerges stronger, more loving, more considerate, more, more equipped to deal with life. Getting to the other side to minister deliverance and freedom and power to those in need. And God is in charge all the time. Even, it's a funny thing. I, I, I sometimes wonder, you know, even with, with um, dear, my dear wife, that I thought she was asleep. But she logged something. How do women do that? She thought that, that, that everybody was asleep. I thought she was asleep. But she understood what was happening all the time. And you know, when Jesus was asleep, he knew exactly what was happening. He knows what's happening in your life. But I also feel this that as we just, to apply this into our hearts, are you going through a storm today? Is there something in your life and in your circumstances and you just need encouragement? Uh, it's not complicated, you just need encouragement for your brothers and sisters. And I would just love, uh, please thank you for your patience with my somewhat um, original voice this morning. Um, but. If you just feel that in your life you've gone through a storm or have gone through one and you just would like encouragement, there is a response of faith. I, I know we can pray with you. We can pray with you in many ways. We can pray with you later on. You can pray at home. We can pray in small groups. But I just somehow think there are, there's times when the word says faith comes by hearing you can finish it. And hearing by the Word of God. And the Word of God, I believe, that's for you today. If you just feel you want to seal this in your heart, the encouragement in your storm, and I love to pray a prayer for you, would you stand right now? Would you stand? We're not interested, are we, in just simply having sermonizing? 
we want to connect with God as our brother encouraged us in worship. And I just want us to make a resolution. Now, I can't do this by psychology or kidology. It's the response in your heart that counts. To resolve that in my, whatever your storm is, it could be an illness, it could be a storm in your family, it could be work changes and problems. It could be just moments of just being scared. You're going to resolve within yourself that you're going through and you're going to get to the other side and you're not going to lay down what God has given you. You're not going to shy away and withdraw. Like Sandra said, the devil does play upon withdrawals, but you are going to press through and press on. So I'm going to raise my hands. If you want to raise your hands with me, do that. And I'm going to pray a prayer that that in, in there'll be the encouragement of God to you. Jesus arising in your life, in your boat, as it were, to minister encouragement to you. Father, I pray this morning that in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that, Lord, those who felt discouraged, those who even privately said, I can't go on, that in the name of Jesus, that encouragement, Lord, will come, that your word would burn like fire in their hearts, oh God, this morning. And people will go away with a new encouragement, with a new sense of crossing over. Every person, oh God, bless this church. Whatever the devil would do to discourage or disillusion, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Father, there will come an infusion of faith, Lord, of your power, of your spirit into every heart, oh God, this morning. You know, Lord God, Father, circumstances, blessed be your name. Those that have a sudden change in their job and their work, I pray in the name of Jesus that you bless and encourage and strengthen and just do good. And Lord, this morning we are so grateful that you're in our boats, but you're aware of our needs and there's victory in you. Blessed be your name. Blessed be you. Can we just worship just something appropriate? Is that okay? Praise God. Uh, hallelujah. Just something appropriate. And I'll hand over to you. Yeah. Praise the Lord. He's good. Let's just in, in this sense of his presence, take that message on board, that word on board. Thank you. Bless you. Hallelujah.